in order for a vibrating cock ring to help with the whole pleasure gap issue, yeah. you have to be balls deep the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Better in Bed, the podcast where we talk about sex and hopefully inspire you to get better at it. Well, it feels like a lot has happened since the last time we <laughs> recorded a podcast. I've been to Japan. Mm-hmm. I got my Sarah Sense website now live, That's so great. you guys can go check it out. Um, there's lots of good information there and very detailed show notes for every episode that we do. Um, so I've been busy. You've been very busy. Yeah. Um, but there's lots more to come. And if you're out there listening and you want to keep up with what we're doing, um, come find us on social media. That way you'll always know when we're releasing something, whether that's a new episode or something behind the scenes or who's getting drunk <laughs> <laughs> and other, uh, other juicy stuff. Big podcasting secrets. <laughs> like that. that all the podcasting secrets revealed. <laughs> um and our social media for me, if you want to follow me, it's Hello Sarah Sense on Instagram and Facebook. And Jai, our amazing podcast producer, is at Double Star Co. He's the one who always makes us sound so good <laughs> on every episode. <laughs> I've been getting lots of comments on that, by the way, oh. about how professionally produced this podcast Thanks, sounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we love it when you come say hi to us and send in reviews and questions and stories. Um, you know. We don't bite, really, do we? No, not uh, hard. Well, <laughs> not unless you want us yeah. to. That's what I like to say. So I'm really excited about today's topic, um, which is bridging the pleasure gap. And that's because I'm not even sure that many people are even aware that there is a pleasure gap or to what extent this pleasure gap exists in. So the pleasure gap, um, primarily what we're going to be talking about, refers to the fact that in heterosexual sexual encounters, um, men have up to two times more orgasms than women, um, but also women are up to four times more likely to say that sex in the last year was not pleasurable for them. So yet another gender gap for us <laughs> to deal with. We have... Uh, Gap in pay, we have a gap in political representation, a gap in orgasms, gap in pleasure, gaps everywhere. <laughs> so much to do for women. Um, anyway, I can't think of anyone better to be talking about this with um, than the two people I have in the studio with me today. So... Jai, say hello. Hello, how are you? <laughs> my I just feel guilty about more gaps now. I'm like, oh my, <laughs> my lovely co-host. And... Um, and we also have Janet Lieberman. So Janet is one of the founders and the CTO of Dame Products, um, actually one of my favorite sex toy companies. So she's the engineering brain behind um, the Eva and now the Finn, um, which are both vibrators, which we're going to talk about in detail in a little while. And what's really interesting about Dame Products is that the company made history by getting the first sex toy ever featured and funded um, on Kickstarter. And that's why we also invited Janet on the show today, um, because she's 
the perfect person to talk about the pleasure gap um, because it's also very closely aligned to your mission at Dame, isn't it, Janet? Yeah. Yeah. So welcome on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, well, Janet, why don't we just start off with some personal questions because we like personal questions on this show. So where are you from? What brings you to Hong Kong? We're super lucky to have you in the studio today. Yeah, I'm from... I live in Brooklyn. I'm from the U.S. and grew up just generally in Northeast U.S. Um, I'm here in Hong Kong, just kind of on my way in between being in China, supporting manufacturing mm-hmm. on our new product, Eva 2. Yay. And uh, Which we announced a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, um, uh, and going back to New York City. Awesome. So what was your first encounter with sex toys and how did that lead you here to you know being in Hong Kong doing manufacturing for your own sex toy brand yeah I mean I my first interactions probably first interaction was in college some well-meaning male alum went around our floor and gave all the girls really cheap vibrators. Um, <laughs> cheap ones. Yeah, you know, like the, the kind that are like packaged, like they're candy. Oh, like the ones like Durex has like sort of like the little. N- no, I mean, I mean like they come in a little square foldy package and it says like now and again or like but- <laughs> better finger or like. <laughs> Okay, just what every college girl needs. Candy pun (laughs) plastic vibrators. Okay. Um, But did they work? You know, I never used it because that was kind of like a, as well-meaning as it was, it was kind of a creepy introduction to sex toys. Yeah. I'm just wondering. Older men throwing toys at young college girls. Yeah. Yeah. What was his motivation for doing that? Well, I mean, I think it was coming from a good... No pun intended, sorry. Place, <laughs> which is that like he wanted he wanted women to be able to explore themselves better and like knew <laughs> that a lot of college girls don't have vibrators yet and that they okay. could be a helpful thing um, but you really gotta think about who you are when you do these things yeah. and yeah. do you have a relationship with these people and did they opt into <laughs> it yeah. like if he had come and yeah. dropped off a pile of them it's like anyone who wants to take one yeah. can yeah yeah, yeah. You know, so he didn't select one for each of you individually or something like that, right? No, but he did like drop one off at each door, right? Oh. Yeah, you know, oh. um, kind of ruins the, the gesture a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, clearly you, gotta, you didn't you even use actively it. chop. Yeah, you actively opt into it. Yeah, um, and uh, but then when after I graduated, a friend of mine was in a long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted to start looking into sex toys. Um, and so she brought me along for like moral support for both of our first trip to a sex toy shop. And this is um, the first time you'd ever been into a sex shop? Yeah. Uh, for the most part. Um, I've been in... Without the, giggling and running back out? Not without giggling and running back out. There was like a sex shop that also had like kind of gothic clothing. Oh, okay. Um, is that what you were into? Yeah, I wore a lot of black and and sometimes, well, 
so, would have been best friends in high school. Yeah, Jai, you were, <laughs> you were kind of into gothic clothing yeah, as well. Big, big, big time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I'd gone into something that was a sex shop for the clothes before. Yeah. Okay. Or to get lingerie. Yep. Yeah. Um, gothic lingerie. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's the only place you could really buy some like more adult without looking at all plasticky if you really wanted some hardcore goth leather etc yeah or even just like corsetry and oh yeah yeah, yeah. not yeah. that i was wearing corset yeah <laughs> um so it had some stuff i wanted and yeah. i was like not necessarily comfortable with that part but i wasn't i didn't have an opinion one way or another about it yeah how old um, were you here uh probably at that point i was probably in the 19 to 20 range and then mm. When I went and bought the toy with a friend, it was like 22. Right. Um, and then I had kind of a habit of like I would go on Amazon, didn't really know what I wanted. I'd spend like $200 to get like 10 toys and hope wow. that half of them worked out. Okay. Yeah. You sounds know? like a lot that's of That's a good yeah. deal though. Yes. <laughs> $200 for 10 toys? That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like only half of them would work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was, I wouldn't do that for any other industry. Yeah. yeah. But for some reason, for sex toys, that didn't seem that weird. And yeah. I was kind of blaming myself for the fact that the toys didn't work because yeah. I was being cheap. Yeah. Um, but also, I guess it's that thing where it, it, it's such an intimate decision that, and probably something that is, I, I imagine, is a little bit embarrassing to try and open up and talk to somebody about that. Yes, to but guide you to a decision, or honestly, it had more to do with the fact that, like, if I go into a, a store and they ask me what I want, my answer is I don't know. Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. So if you have no idea what kind of yeah. products you might want, it makes more sense to be checking out the vague, like, yeah, concepts of things you yeah. might yeah. like, yeah. and yeah. then yeah. kind of whittle it down, and then yeah. maybe spend money when you know what you yeah. want. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, spending fifty dollars on something that might you might not like at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> agree. Or spending a hundred dollars on something you might not like at all. Agree. Like, agree. And sex toys are so personal. Yeah. Right. Like what works for you just can absolutely leave somebody else cold. Yeah. 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 And then again, like I say that like fifty and a hundred, those are still to the lower end of sex toy costs. Like yeah. So for a boyfriend's birthday. I sprung for like a hundred and sixty dollar one of those ones where like someone has a remote yeah. and you have the other part. Yeah. And we were both engineers who design products for a living. Okay. And neither of us could figure out the controls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I was like, Oh what? What what's so complicated about it? So I think it was a combination of a really bad Bluetooth connection. Okay. And the whole stupid plus minus squiggle. Yeah. Um design language thing yeah. where sex toys feel like they can use a completely different set of buttons than any other industry mm -hmm. and just put the onus on the user to try to figure out what yeah. the hell that's supposed to mean. Um, so like it was a poor user interface and a technical malfunction yeah. that were combining together to just make me feel so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. You kind know, of takes all the seamlessness like, out of it, right? Yeah. yeah. I design products for a living. Like how... True are people who are not used to just picking up interfaces and thinking about yeah. how are they figuring this stuff out? What's the experience they're having? And so I had that, like, I could do this better 
moment. Um, and then afterwards I had the realization that that was actually a true statement as opposed to like every other time in life that you think I can do this better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're so lucky you grew up in the uh, age of Bluetooth. I remember when I first started with sex toys, we had cords. You know oh, those electrical really? cords with like yeah. controllers, and there'd be stuff like just like like p- plugged into the wall. No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's tethered eggs. No, it's, I, ha- oh, it's I still have tethered some tethered eggs. Oh, you yeah. do still have yeah. those, yeah. But like, but it's the toys example, are moving away. An example of bad yeah. engineering with the tethered eggs yeah. is that they almost never have any strain relief where the um, cord goes into the egg, so you almost always end up with a short there. Yeah. So strain relief is like when you get cables and they've got like that little extra bit of rubber at the end. Yep. Yeah. That's because we're, we're a hard thing meets yeah. soft thing. That's where the soft thing breaks. Okay, right. Um, so tethered eggs, like you end up zapping your bits. Oh my God. <laughs> I, 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 some people might be into that. That's all I'm saying, but not me. Yeah. But I, has that ever happened to you before? Like, no, it, it, it's never happened to me. But for me, the experience of having something inside me and a cord, like a little electrical cord, like just leading out of me. <laughs> Like it's a bit like a string of a tampon. It's just not nice. I just don't enjoy that. I didn't really mind it as a an interface because at least I can't lose that remote. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they but, used to be simple remotes. You could actually work them out as well. Yeah, like. but the egg shape is not the most helpful shape. Yeah. Um, and it also like. Mine would always eventually fail by shorting out at that point, and then <laughs> and then it starts like get a zap. You hear like the little like crinkle noise, yeah. and then it starts. <laughs> Has it so it's shorted out with you? Before? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I've never had that experience, but I can imagine I'd be freaked out if that happened to me. It's not. I feel like because I understand electricity, it didn't okay. freak me out. Okay. But I was like, come on, guys. <laughs> Little ring of rubber. Yeah. <laughs> Little ring of rubber and we'd be there. Yeah. So what I realized, my epiphany, okay. when I bought that present for that boyfriend and yeah. couldn't figure it out, I looked at all my buying behavior for sex toys and realized that this was an industry that did not have good engineering going into it. And good engineering mm-hmm. can mean a lot of things. It can yeah. be value for your money. It can mean like thinking through the full user experience. It can mean how well things are put together and yeah. whether or not you're avoiding points where it's going to short out. Yeah. Um, this really holistic, good product design and development that I was doing all the time was kind of missing from this industry. And t- two things bothered me about that. One was that it seemed like companies were profiting off of a sense of shame. I didn't even necessarily mm-hmm. realize I felt. Yeah. And two was that um, pornography is the primary male sexual aid. Yep. And it drives technology. Yeah. Like it is. Yeah. All the biggest leaps in innovation, especially with any kind of video, VR, all started in porn. And that's yeah. where anyone who was kind of hardcore about digital marketing, you would have to look at the porn industry, uh, especially that, you know, some of the better talks are like somewhere like South by South, South by Southwest were definitely the porn ones. And everyone went there, you know, thinking it's going to be funny, but the the level of innovation they had was just unbelievable. And even now with the whole remote access toy, yeah. uh, um, toys, et cetera, for people who are buying and using them with the, um, the different cam girls is, it's just still groundbreaking. And, for sex toys, it's like, this is a product that costs the same amount as my electric razor. 
Mm-hmm. It's about the same level, level of complexity. Yeah. And if I spent $50 on an electric razor, I would expect it to turn on for at least a month. Yeah. Like. Yeah, <laughs> at least. Um, so, it, sorry. Oh, you I was going to say, is it useful? Uh, I'm just trying to think about some of the questions some of the listeners might have early on. Yeah. But is there a quick, and again, this is, <laughs> this is a question for me as well. What's the 101 on the buying guide? Because, you know, it was really interesting that you kind of said, like, your first sex toy experience, you know, the first sex toy purchases were kind of difficult. What's kind of the advice you give now? And are they kind of the, some of the questions you actually get from a from from your customers? Or is it something you've ever had to help people with before? Or maybe you, for you, Sarah, it's probably something else as well. I mean, I actually think that both of our products are pretty good for sex toys. Um, you know, even though we, we have two Evas now. Um, that that product concept uh, and Finn is also a good one. Uh, I would generically um, recommend Finn to someone if they're looking to buy their first sex toy. Um, we market both of our products as couples toys. Yep. But Finn makes a very good even for solo toy. Yep. Because it um, if you're used to touching yourself with your hands, mm-hmm. it just adds some vibration to it. Yeah. Neither of them are particularly because they're so small. Both of our products are not that overpowering. Yeah. Um, or threatening. Or threatening. You, yeah, that's um, also important. It's very cute, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. We actually cute is one of the thing main things that I'm going for in design language, um, in a non infantilizing way. Yeah. Because and actually a little bit awkward. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's not all sleek lines. Yeah. Because. Yeah. When wanna, something looks a little cute and maybe even a little bit dopey, yeah, uh, it makes you feel more comfortable walking up to it. Uh-huh. It's, it makes it less intimidating. Yeah, it's yeah. like totally non-threatening. Yeah. yeah, something that is a little bit ugly mm. is really approachable. Yeah, it is. It, it's accessible. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit for the listeners who don't yeah. know so, um, about yeah. the Eva and Finn. Just tell us a little bit about what inspired them. Yeah, um, even though Finn was second, I'll start with it first since I mentioned okay. it first. Finn is a finger vibrator. It, um, someone described it as it looks like a little, a small ball of clay that you like dug your fingers into. Um, so it's, you can wear it between two fingers and it sits on the, you know, can sit on the bottom of the fingers. You can move it down to the base of your fingers. Mm -hmm. You can wear it on the opposite side and then touch someone directly and get vibration, but it just adds vibration to touch and it's small enough that you get to keep your dexterity. Yeah. So um, we thought that what was going to be important for creating a product that augmented touch with vibration was going to be being able to touch your partner directly. Yeah. And what we actually found through testing is what made you feel connected was the ability to move. Yeah. As long as that's what makes you be able to stop thinking about having a toy in the equation. Yeah. Is being able to move like it isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can use it. It has a little tether and you can use it with or without the tether around your fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just very securely there. You're not using a lot of force to hold it, and it adds vibration to touch. And um, our other product, Eva, yeah. um, which is something that I, I would recommend to someone if they're um, really looking for their first couple's vibrator. Yeah. Um, Eva uses the fact that... Uh, most women's labia fold. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the labia are folds. And if you have folds, then you can tuck something underneath it. So it's a clitoral vibrator. It's a couple's vibrator. 
and it's designed so it can be worn on the clitoris during sex without getting in the way of penetration. Yeah. Um, and that is really ties right back into that concept of the pleasure gap. Yep. Which uh, one of the big causes of the pleasure gap is that most women get most of their pleasure and are more likely to orgasm from either clitoral stimulation or a combination yep. of internal and external stimulation. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's pretty awkward to get during sex or it it just gets skipped altogether. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Eva's entire purpose is so pleasure gap driven. Yeah. It's trying to make it easier when you split sex into my time and your time when something has to give because life gets busy mm-hmm. or things like that, it's mm-hmm. almost always the women's time, the foreplay yeah. that goes by the wayside. Yeah. And that's not even just a male decision. That's just usually what happens for both partners. Yeah. yeah. Um, so bringing a w- finding a way to more seamlessly integrate clitoral stimulation into penetrative vaginal sex yeah. uh, was one of our main goals for that. But one of our testers for Eva, actually, it was her first vibrator ever, and she was testing it solo, and she really liked it solo mm. because she just wasn't really that used to even touching herself. Yeah. And she could put it in and kind of close her legs and move her legs around. Yeah. Oh, okay. And get it, uh, use the shifting of weight to yeah. to create something else. Yeah. But, you know, like, Eva's a product that you can use and you can be on a computer. Yeah. And be wearing a vibrator. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Finally, I, I like I like that word you used um, when we were talking about earlier before we started recording that word of unobtrusive, right? Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, because that really describes the Eva for me. Yeah. The fact that it actually just stays in place in between the labia. So have you yeah. used it? Yeah, yeah, I have. I have. It stayed in place for me, I would say, about three quarters of the time. But it does move in certain positions. Yeah. So. And even two can yeah. stay in place even better. Yeah, good. I'm <laughs> well, looking forward to that. Yeah. Where, where did the name come from? Um, the name was uh, our my co-founder. Yeah. Um, we met when we were both already trying to start sex toy companies. Yeah. Uh, and that was the name of the company that she had. Right. You know, like okay. that was what she was working with as the name of the company. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Eva, as a product concept, is was her idea, and that's what she was working on, and it's. When we combined forces, we decided that that would be the first product we would release as a company. Yeah, that's um, nice. that's cool. So, but I mean, well, the since you're the sort of engineer behind the product, was it difficult to actually come up with an idea um, for the Eva that was so unique, given and that would fit all of these different sort of female anatomies, right? Given the female labia, you know, people have just different. The basic lips. idea was already yeah. there okay. when I came in yeah um but i did some work early on to see like how likely it was that this was actually gonna work work yeah um because it's, it's people talk about a million dollar idea yeah and there's not d- really d- such a thing as a million dollar yeah. idea yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn it <laughs> there are million dollar executions yeah. yeah um and so um i started with the wings and i started out with trying to find shapes uh, you know, figure out what the what the length the wing should be and the width the wing should be when they're out, and then figure out what shapes had the most bend. 
Yeah. And like could easily... To suit all these different sizes yeah. and shapes for women, And right? then we started yeah. testing it with different people. Okay. You know, so there's a little bit yep. of... You start out with a little self-test. And yeah. Then you, you brought in and you brought in. Um, and we made sure... For Eva, we couldn't get as many testers as we would have liked because we were two people okay. um, as a company. Yeah. Um, but we still got about 50 women involved. That's really good. And we made sure that they covered... Um, fifth, fifth to 95th percentile height. Fifth to, ninth, fifth to 95th percentile weight. Okay. Any ethnicity we could... Yeah. Uh, all the brand name ethnicities. Yeah, know? okay. No Native Americans. Um, yeah. We did not in our <laughs> circle of friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's for the Eva 3. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but we, we made sure that at least like African American, yeah. Hispanic, yeah. white, Asian were in our sample set. Yeah. Um, was ages a, from 20 to 60, you know. Okay. Uh, just trying to think of whether or not uh, we made sure we had some people who had given birth and some people who hadn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for Finn, the number of, like, people involved in developing, testers involved in developing Finn was more like 150. And okay. for even two, it's at least 200. Oh, yeah. That's that's a pretty good sample size. Yeah. Yeah. So we... we but it's a very difficult. I mean, you can't just model labia. There's no like, that's, oh, I'm gonna run this equation. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, the, that's the, what I meant. The standard deviation of labia. Yeah, that, well, that's kind of what I meant. You well, have all these different n- ethnicities, but I'm like, okay, but do they all have different labias? Well, do they no one run knows. the? Here's a problem. No one knows. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the biggest correlation we found is with BMI, okay. and now BMI is one of the the things that we track the most, and we don't necessarily ask about. We, we ask about it, so in case we ever need to look at the data later, we have the information okay. free to ask. Yeah. Um, but we now focus on the relationship between BMI, body mass index, yeah. and, and, and whether or not it fits you. Really? Uh, there's a correlation there? Yes. Well, you could, and it makes sense when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> if you're a little fleshier, yep. you got a little more to hold. Yep. Right. Yeah. If you've got almost no body fat. Yeah. Then you don't have a lot to. Your labia might not fold. Yeah. Okay. So, have you always known about the pleasure gap, Janet? Is it? You uh, know, I think that most women. Yeah. Are not surprised. No. When they hear stats about it. Yeah. Um, But I hadn't been so aware of it. My co-founder is coming to uh, sex toys through psychology. Yeah. Rather than engineering, like me. Yeah. Um, so she's the one who first brought it up and she first brought it up, um, the way that a lot of people first bring it up in terms of the orgasm gap. Yeah. And that was initially the title of this topic actually. Um, And I actually think that it's a bigger and more holistic issue than that. mm -hmm. Um, and when we started looking into whether or not there were any studies about pleasure rather than just orgasm, um, that's where we found it's four times worse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Orgasms, if you just look at the orgasm level, it's two times worse. But I think that when you orgasm, orgasms are really, you can count them. Yeah. You know, I well, can, They're binary, like we were talking about before. Yeah, yeah. They either happen or they don't. Whereas right. I think what you're talking about is a continuum of pleasure, which is. Exactly. And, and it's, um, you know, I, I'm relatively anorgasmic, and I think that's part of what made me think about it that way instead. Okay. Is that, like, I can have good sex yeah. and I can have bad sex and that has very little relationship to whether or not I've orgasmed yep um, and 
I've seen a lot of guys realize I'm not going to orgasm and then just kind of give up. Mm. Like as if there was no pleasure outside of it. Yeah. Um, but, and I think that there's a lot of women who orgasm easily. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they're having good sex. Yeah. And there's a lot of women who have difficulty orgasming and that doesn't mean that they're their pleasure can't be increased. Yeah. Right. You know, or that they're having bad sex. Yeah. And even men, I think, get a little bit shortchanged if you talk mm-hmm. about sex just in terms of orgasm. Because yeah. um, if you come too quickly and you're a guy. Yeah. You, you probably didn't enjoy it. Well, that's considered an utter failure. Yeah. Um, and then they don't think about, you know, going for a second time or things they can do on days when they're like, too hungover to come you know like there's this <laughs> don't look at me <laughs> I looked at you there Jack. I can feel your eyes at him there's so much orgasm is really important to a lot of people and yeah. has health benefits yeah however sexual activity in and of itself has health benefits sexual activity has relationship benefits yeah. and things like that and yeah. when you focus on just the orgasm aspect of it yeah you um you miss big parts of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like it, it, you know, just anecdotally, definitely, you know, sometimes to a point where I'll be questions afterwards. Like, did you really come? And I'm like, yep. Yeah. And sometimes when it's like, I'm like, I I don't really feel the need to fake an orgasm. But then when I'm asked afterwards, like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. "Yeah." But I'm like, what's, even if I didn't right now, what's the big deal? Yeah. Um, And so I definitely, you know, think that kind of pressure goes both ways. And then the other thing is, yeah, you can, you know, when, when I orgasm sometimes, sometimes it's like, okay, well, it's just that part's finished. And, you know, honestly, I'm like, I'll probably wait, you know, an hour and then I'll just, you know, go sort myself out an hour later and, you know, I'm going to go shower somewhere. And, and it, sometimes, and I remember for long streaks, that would happen more than, more than not. Yeah. And you're exactly right. It's like everything else is fine. It's just like when it physically, when you physically can't keep having sex, yeah. that's kind of what you're waiting for. We uh, were actually talking, we've done quite a lot of questions now on like the orgasm or pleasure gap. Um, I, will, I will say one other thing that like contributes to it yeah. is like viewing female pleasure and for the things that give female pleasure, making them be foreplay, making them be a thing that happens yeah. optionally beforehand. It's yeah. like an appetizer. And then penetrative sex is the main course. And you always have to have a main course, but you don't always have to have an appetizer. And things go a lot like viewing one thing as sex and one thing is not sex yeah yeah is where a lot of the problem comes from yeah for me like as a sex educator a lot of the times i also recommend like to slow down and stop chasing the orgasm yeah right like so um i think people don't realize that sex can be very pleasurable even if both parties don't come yeah and and that's totally fine right Uh, and it's all about just connecting and being intimate. And I mean, that could be foreplay. That could even be penetrative sex. That goes back to foreplay again. You know yeah. what I mean? I always think like, should it just be foreplay or could it also be postplay? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I don't necessarily think that... It, it, it shouldn't be a sequence of events. Exactly. Yes. Is, it, is it linear? You know what I mean? Yeah. Foreplay, penetrative sex, orgasm. You know, yeah. it can be... Sometimes I like... Pinterest sex and then after that go back to foreplay or, or okay post play in that case whatever we want to call it and then we can go back to Pinterest sex and, and it's kind of it flows you know and if there's no um, pressure you know on 
sex to be a, a performance or the orgasm, then you're more willing to explore it in a sort of that kind of more deeper sense. Yeah. And another another factor is intimacy mm-hmm. and um, like a lack of understanding that like for women to respond physically a lot of times they need a certain amount of warm-up yeah you know so like touching and caressing and the sorts of things that people do at the beginning of relationships like making out and yeah you know like when you don't know if you're gonna get any further you do all of this like work to rev someone up yeah and then you get into a relationship and suddenly it's just like bang 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 done yeah yeah I agree. I like waiting for you to clap your hands. Because <laughs> I've nearly done it a few times. And I'm always like, ah. Well, well, back to, you know, being a designer of sex toys. Are you, are there any advantages to being female when you are designing a sex it's, toy? It's always an advantage when you're designing a product yeah. to be a user of that product. It's yeah. an advantage when you're selling a product. Yeah. It's an advantage with anything relating to getting a product out into the world and getting people to enjoy using it. It's an advantage to be a user. And, um, you know, I can, you know, pet sit someone's dog. Yeah. So I can gain more knowledge about how to make better dog products. Yeah. Um, But you can't borrow someone's vulva. Yeah. Yeah. Because there aren't that many female engineers who are designing sex toys yes that is um, an incredibly (laughs) that's rare (laughs) (laughs) we found both of them it's right yeah Yeah, but no uh, I'm I'm aware of three okay because I feel like that leads to a lot of sex toys being just designed from a male point of view yeah which makes them completely different yeah um like we we were in the New York Times this summer. Yeah, and wow. our best converting group was sixty five plus. No, fantastic. Way. Yeah, um, so there are a lot of grandmothers who use sex toys, um, but they're also not the grandmothers who have the the <laughs> the paisley wallpaper. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> when I say grandmother, I mean like my grandmother. I mean like I'm thirty two. Yeah. So we're talking women in their nineties. Yeah. Uh, who are. Well, that's much fantastic. Smaller. Oh no, no. I, sorry, I meant for design wise. Like oh, okay. I'm not talking that yeah, right. they're designed for 65 year old grandmothers. Okay. Their design, the design language is what you would target to a woman who is now 90. Like mm, mm. it is the tea cozy approach. It's the tea cozy <laughs> approach of just like yeah, like the the the. The classic example. I try not to call out other companies, but the yeah. the current classic example of like. What woman wants that is the womanizer. Like, yeah, they called it a womanizer. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, they, it's, it's one of the best-selling sex toys. It's right one of the best-selling sex toys. Revolutionary concept. Yeah, terrible name. Terrible branding. Yeah. why would you terrible... call it a womanizer? Sounds like the device is about to walk away from you and be with other people. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. and and even the packaging, the colors. I'm like, oh my god. It has like giant crystal gemstone button. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, oh. I've just yeah. Googled it. Looks, it, it looks awful. It just it, it does leopard print. It yes, looks leopard print. Awful, but the technology in it, which is this sort of air um, suction. Su- it's actually not suction. It's it's just also it's, it blows out as well. The air. It feels like suction, but it. 
it, well, I think it's suction of, and release. Okay, maybe. Yeah, okay, that might be it. Um, but it feels really amazing. It's just marketed in this way where, like, firstly, it's called the womanizer, and it looks like something you take your temperature in your ear. Yeah. With. <laughs> That's or true. it looks like one of those, oh, yeah. black, those <laughs> yeah, yeah, blackhead yeah. removers, you know, that you see on Instagram. Oh, at the yeah, moment. yeah, yeah. It totally looks like an ear temperature thing. I mean, what it does is it um, brings blood flow to yeah. the clitoral region, similar yeah. to a penis pump. Yeah. And um, I've never used one of those. Uh, it's yeah. the concept's been around for forever. Yeah. I was talking to um, someone, the founder of Topco Sales. Uh huh. And he was selling like a $25 version of that in the 70s. Yeah. Um, but because people weren't thinking about female pleasure that mm, way at that time, yeah. all they really wanted was vibrators at the time. Yeah. So, but Womanizer really brought that product category into the modern era. Yeah. Um, just with yeah. some real... Is colorblind the right word? Yeah. Colorblind? Yeah. It's it's very... Tone deaf. Tone deaf is the right word. Yeah. 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 The leopard print one is just like, I can't even look at it. But I tell you, it does the job. And the number of uh, friends who I've recommended it to, and they're just like, it's so quick. There's like one of the quickest ways that they've ever had an orgasm by themselves. Um. I'm going to wrap up with just a final section that we always do here on the show. Um, these questions you have not received, awesome. Janet. Okay, so um, it's what we call our rapid fire section. I call it like the quickie but goodie yeah. segment where I just throw a question at you and you have like five seconds to answer. Okay. Which I will answer and I will answer too. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> um, it goes by pretty quickly. So if you had to think longer than five seconds, then we just move on to the next question. Okay. All right. Okay. So, favorite color of sex toy? Green. Black. Ooh, uh, silver. Silver. Uh, favorite flavor of lube? Don't really. Don't use. Don't really lube. know. Yeah, I don't really use lube much. Don't use lube. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> no flavor. As soon as the flavor, I'm thinking about lollies and candy and stuff like that. Yeah. Just plain. Me plain. too. <laughs> I actually just like the flavor of whoever I'm with. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Nice. That's my politically correct answer. Once, once lube, I won't say that it, well, I yeah. never use lube, but when, once lube is in play, I try to keep my mouth away from it. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, sexual position, which is easiest for you to have an orgasm during sex? Um, t- well, during sex? During sex, penetrative sex. L- zip. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. we were talking about that <laughs> earlier. Okay. A. N-A. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably when I'm behind a girl in any form, whether that's yeah. you know, hands and knees, but yeah. Yeah. Behind. You know what? I'm going to say the same thing. I should have yeah. like probably doggy style. That's yeah. probably, it feels better. It hits the spot for me really well as well. Um, favorite time and place to have um, a self-love orgasm. <laughs> One by yourself. N-A. <laughs> oh yes oh uh, yeah probably the shower okay yeah, yeah. anytime or a oh, morning morning time morning time definitely okay morning. i'm nighttime person not really <laughs> i'm not a morning person You're definitely at all not. uh but yeah bed bed for me like um, <coughs> yeah i never never start with one actually so <laughs> i'll answer a different question yeah answer. which is um like my favorite vibrator use is like 
put it putting Evo or Wee Vibe on and then going to sleep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to try that. I haven't tried that. So yeah. I'm, I can use that with my little eBay, actually. I'm going to look forward to doing that. Okay, first thing that catches your eye in a sex toy shop if you walk in. Right now, what brands they carry, which is like not. Okay, but very... it's like a professional. Yeah, I, uh, I get so focused on that. You asked for a five-second answer. Um, and that's for this. My, <laughs> this, it's my immediate answer is I yeah. try to figure out which brands they carry and who's distributed where. <laughs> not a great answer. Okay, <laughs> you. Uh, I was fascinated by the, the the rope, like all the shibari sections, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me yeah. too. Like my, generally where I go first. Yeah, for me, like my eye gets drawn to like the bondage yeah. kind of section, but like the leather. Yeah. Like I, I think I just like aesthetically, I yeah. like just the look. I, I I don't know if I buy that much stuff from there as well. I just but that's what I look at. I like the yeah. aesthetics of well, that. At the end yeah. of the day, for most like S and M stuff, you don't yeah. need to buy much. Yeah. Like, yeah. and especially not from a sex toy shop a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, last time you, last time that you used a sex toy with somebody. Right before I left for China. Good for you. Oh, I don't know, like 12, 18 months ago. It was a while. <laughs> You're working that. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. That's why I was fascinated with this episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Pledging out. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and, and and you know which one to to use if you were. Yeah, now I'm fully equipped. Fully equipped. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. I was gonna say like maybe uh, a week or two ago as well for me. Like, um, yeah, my my house is also from what I used to do before. It's just like overflowing with like yeah. toys. So if anything, I have to like find the right one, and it takes me more time to find the right <laughs> one than actually yeah. using it on the person. Uh, the the fin is actually not mine. It's my boyfriend's. Like what? that's the one that like he wanted for him. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a great. Uh, actually, that's probably a great um, toy to actually recommend for for guys. Well. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's the one I might look at. Yeah. Okay. If you could name your own toy, now you have to put your Dame products hat yeah. aside. What would you name it? <sighs> For some reason, Squiggle Puffs just came to mind. <laughs> and once I thought Squiggle Puffs, I couldn't think of anything other than Squiggle Puffs. Yeah. And I, that's a terrible name for a sex toy. Yeah. Um, but apparently that's... Oh, that's what good, I got but I, I love the, the theme, right? Which is more about making it accessible and it's kind of yeah, cute, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, the only thing that came into my head this then was clouds. So as soon as you said Squiggle Puff, and then I couldn't get over clouds, and I'm like, why would I name something a cloud? But yeah, it was it's cloud. I there is a what. whole cloud line of sex toys. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. yeah, that's shaped. Like a cloud? Clouds, like different yeah. clouds. Like yeah, the yeah. Nimbus or the Cirrus? Exactly. Yeah. Loads, of, loads of clouds. Every they're the only, they're cloud the only clouds I know. Get. So. Yeah. Um, for me, it would be something like the like the clit caress or something. You know, something sort of gentle. Some alliteration there. And yeah. <laughs> I, I'm good for alliteration. Okay. Um, complete the sentence. More people should try sex toys because... They're Quick. Fun? Five seconds. Five seconds. Yeah. Because boys really do. <laughs> Amazing. And last one, famous person that you'd love to use a sex toy with, what would that toy be? You can't say Chris Hemsworth <laughs> because you've said Chris Hemsworth on every show. Uh, no, Ariana Grande at the moment. Okay, what toy would that be? Would you use with her? Oh, no, I think I'd have to try the fin just because. Okay, it's, yeah, yeah it's... awesome. Oh. <laughs> 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 drawing a blank, drawing a blank. Okay, no famous person you would love to use a sex toy with? Here's... 
You, you keep on asking me work questions. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to say you know? mine. I'm going to say yeah, mine. Yeah. I'm going to give you like one minute to think of yours. So mine would be Donald Trump, and I would love to use oh, a strap God. on. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got such a visual image of you and Donald Trump now. Pegging. Yeah, I still would not yeah. want to be that close to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. Um, who would I want to peg? I'm not sure. Would you? I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, you could do it as an act of love, but that's not oh, the kind you know, of pegging, pegging I was thinking of giving Donald Trump. Really, <laughs> um, I'm gonna also use time travel, so like 1990s Jessica Alba. Oh, nice. Pegging. Oh, Good choice. Yeah. Well, she was. I mean, she's still hot, to be honest. But she's, she was like that was when she was still coming up, and I very so, rarely get girl yeah. crushes. Yeah. Um, and that was one of my rare like. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Dark Angel. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was good in that. Okay, well, thank you for another fascinating episode. Thank you, Janet. Thank you guys for having me so much hey, for coming on the show to talk about pleasure gap and evening that equality for all in terms of pleasure, equal pleasure, equal effort. Hopefully, for all of you. So. Um, for all of you listening, I think hopefully what you've gotten from this episode is that we all have a part to play on this, whether you're male or female, really. Um, so let's all start changing the world one orgasm or <laughs> at a time and making sure there's pleasure equality for all of us out there listening. And I thought of something I didn't say. Oh, say I didn't want to say it, which is that um, it might seem like a pleasure gap yeah. isn't that big a deal. Yeah. But if you're not being, if you're not getting the pleasure that you need and you're not asking it for it in that aspect of your life, yeah. you're probably also selling yourself short in other aspects of your life. And there are probably yeah. other places where you're not thinking about making sure that each partner gets yeah. everything that they need. Yeah. So it's, uh, could seem trivial to some people or something that you like let yourself live without because it's not that important. It's not everything. Sex isn't everything. But if you ask for what you need in the bedroom, you're more likely to ask for what you need in the rest of life at work Agree. with your partner. Yeah. Agree. It has bigger ramifications. Agree. Our motto as a company is that we are trying to make the world a happier place one vagina at a time. Nice. <laughs> and we don't think that's just women. We think that men get happier when everyone is more satisfied. Yeah, I agree. And I think for women, you know, you deserve, like, you deserve pleasure as well. Yeah. I think that's an important message that we have on every single show that we do because that's th how we get better in bed. <laughs> and we all want to get better in bed, don't we? We do, definitely. <laughs>